Welcome to Pod TST. My name is Kenneth Arthur. Uh, if there is any team or running back who is at the heart of the running backs don't matter argument, or especially at its I don't want to say origins because the argument goes back further than some of these, you know, self-described quote-unquote analysts would have you believe um, on Twitter that they are breaking some sort of ground. It's not the case to simply recognize that, uh, you know, running backs are not being as paid as much as they used to, roughly the same or even less than it was 10 years ago, comparatively speaking, quarterbacks. Uh, are like more like twice it looks like uh, what they were being paid 10 years ago most all positions have gone up and there aren't very many positions getting paid less it's uh, in competition there with the tight ends as even teams would rather focus on bulking up their guards or uh, getting a better center which I think center is one of the most underrated positions in the NFL but now because of the way that the tides have shifted running back could be the most underrated position because of the, you know, the quote-unquote analysts, and we will get into that word, um, who have yet to let go of something that they hold so close to their identity. And if you start to attach something as, this is my identity, this is who I am, and you let the ego have so much control over your words, over your thoughts, uh, I think that that is potentially devious and undesirable information to be consuming if you're on the other end of that ego. So I would really like to take a moment here today in this week's pod TST, although later on in the week I'll do another episode and we will preview the 6-2 and two Seattle Seahawks as if the Rams get a win in week 10, they will push themselves Putch, it's a combination of the word put and push. It needs to be in the lexicon. It needs to be 2020's word of the year for Merriam-Webster. Um, and uh, yeah, so I'm going to just go ahead and push on ahead. But uh, it will um, push. <laughs> uh, I forgot what even push was meant to say uh you know but if there was oh excuse me the rams will push ahead of the seattle seahawks with a win this week but i want to push ahead and talk about running backs and the 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 argument that they don't matter as a little bit of a bonus episode today because it if there is a figure or a team uh that it was really at the center of this argument a couple of years ago and that's sort of when it really got a lot of attention because the Rams made the Super Bowl and they had Todd Gurley and CJ Anderson switching off here and there. And so it was like this great opportunity for uh, a certain number of dopamine addicts to sit around on social media waiting for likes and retweets to come in as they cherry picked stats or plays or highlights that seemed to make them uh, quote unquote right. There is no right. You know, this whole idea that there's a right and a wrong, that there, you know, that there are no gray areas, that you have to either be smart or stupid. And if you don't understand running backs don't matter, then they'll tell you that you don't understand analytics, and they'll tell you that analytics are smart, and so therefore they'll tell you that you're not smart. And that's sort of, you know, 10 Arguments for Deleting Your Social Media, this book, 
I think argument number two or number three was social media is making you an asshole. And I can't imagine that there are many places that is greater exemplified than with the people who tell you that running backs don't matter. The, the place that they put themselves, this pedestal that they put themselves on top of you, it's not the type of personality they seem to have off of social media. It's not the type of person you would expect them to be if you met them in a bar or if you walked down the street with them and they were wearing a jersey of the team and you started to talk to them and and if you said to them, you know what, I, you know who I really like? Dalvin Cook or I really like Christian McCaffrey. You know who I think makes the Cowboys go? Ezekiel Elliott. I wonder how many of those people to this stranger in the street on the corner who's trying to have like a conversation with them about football. I wonder how many of those people would say, excuse me, can you just hold on a second? I know you just said uh, that you like Dalvin Cook, or I heard you say that Derrick Henry should be the MVP. Would you mind standing here for a second? There's a bunch of people crowding around us in this, uh, I'll say a courtyard. There's a bunch of people crowding around us. And what I'd like to do to you, stranger, is I'd like to grab you by the haunches, and by haunches I mean I'm going to put my left hand on your left shoulder, I'm going to put my right hand on your right shoulder, I'm going to stand right behind you. Now look, I'm six foot six, that's my height. Uh, it's, it's one of the higher heights in the world today. Not the highest, you know, I'm not an NBA level player, uh, although qualifiable point guard, uh, shooting guard, maybe. However, so like consider me as a person who could easily grab most people by the haunches and stand behind them and have a head overhead and say to a crowd of strangers above me. And let's say that all these strangers, like maybe it's a school and we're all, we all go to the same school or maybe it's an office and we all work at the same office or, you know, it's this place that we, we all come to and they know who I am and they know who you are. Maybe they don't know who you are. Maybe you're some stranger who walked in off of the street and said, oh, cool, I love football. I, I really want to get into football. Hey, I like watching football, and I don't think about how I'm smarter than a bunch of other football fans. That's not my focus. That's not my what my ego was doing today. Um, but I just want to have that in football. And, and you walk up uh, to, this, to this person, this uh, person who is wearing a T-shirt, okay? And, and on the T-shirt, it has... At, and then, you know, you can pick a name. You might be able to figure one out that I'm referring to. And it says, at this. And then it says their bio underneath on the T-shirt, right? And on that bio, it says, like, analyst. <laughs> <laughs> and it says, like, expert. And it says, like, writer. And it says all these buzzwords that make you think that they must know Ah, you know, because if you have a check mark and if you have um, a certain number of followers, you must be right. Funny because there are also a bajillion people who also have a check mark and also have a bunch of followers and you don't follow them and you don't read them and you don't realize they've got just as many supporters. They've got just as many people thinking that they're right. But this person has their T-shirt, and they really, they know that they earned this T-shirt. They quote-unquote earned this T-shirt because they just kept shitting on people like you. And they kept taking your quote-unquote dumb opinions because, remember, 
And uh, someone who's into analytics is into numbers, and numbers are math, and math is infallible. So that means that if math is infallible, then my math, or let's not say my math, because how many of these quote-unquote analysts could calculate DVOA, I wonder? How many of them could calculate EPA? How many of them could tell you how it is calculated? How many of them could tell you what it means? How many of them you know, could actually do any of that but that's their argument is that they know numbers. Now, how many of those same people could tell you the name of any running play in the foot in the NFL? A play. The name of a play. An assignment that an understanding of X's and O's. How many of them could watch a single play and tell you what scheme or formation the defense is in and why it was good or bad to run against that particular defense. I know that it's not my area of expertise and I'm not going around telling people that it is. And I'm not saying that, and I'm certainly not going around saying I know who matters and who doesn't matter. But there are people out there and they're wearing those t-shirts and they feel like I earned this shirt. People know that I'm right. And I'm not becoming an asshole. I'm just being right. And so they take you by the haunches and they sit you in front of all the people and they point their finger and they go, hey, everybody, I need to tell you something. Would you mind, sir, repeating what you just said? Now, of course, this person doesn't have the choice of whether or not they want to repeat it to everybody. They're just, you know, because the haunches person is, they're going to take it because they disagree with you. And because they disagree with you, they want to let everyone know that they're smarter than you. And if they don't get this, their ego doesn't get fed. And if their ego doesn't get fed, their dopamine addiction's not getting a hit. And if their dopamine addiction's not getting a hit, they got to change something about themselves so that they can get the dopamine addiction hit the next time. So that's essentially what, you know, gets to happen is someone goes, so this guy said that Ezekiel Elliott matters. They think that he's good, and they think that the Cowboys were right to give him some money for providing them with a bunch of yards and touchdowns. Not that he had anything to do with that, because even though all of his backups failed to do as much damage as he did, he just doesn't matter. Okay, they won't say those words. They'll say, okay. <laughs> and then that's how they that's how they they say, this guy said this, and then I said, uh, are you still? And that's that's their response. That's how they are able to respond. And it's it's fascinating. And so that's how they uh continue to just live and breathe every single day of their lives and you know if you attach that much of your identity to this argument that running backs don't matter unfortunately over time you might just end up finding yourself writing the same article over and over again which is what people you know might end up doing when they don't have layers so 
this argument that running backs don't matter is 2020 is this a good year for the running backs don't matter argument obviously the la rams you know they had a transition with todd Gurley. so with regards to the rams they probably think running backs matter right now because in 2017 and in 2018 Todd Gurley was an MVP candidate and they did have a quality offensive line with Andrew Whitworth and John Sullivan and Roger Saffold and Rob Havenstein and uh, Austin Blythe and and you know there were a certain combinations in the offensive line all very well and, and Sean McVay doing a very nice job of putting people into position to succeed for most of those two seasons. And then a person could watch that and cherry pick a couple of open run, open field runs for Todd Gurley and say, you have to use the 10th overall pick to do this and not make any, uh, any considerations for the other plays. None. And so the L.A. Rams, I think that they would certainly feel that when Todd Gurley lost his ability to Todd Gurley in 2019 and at the end of 2018, they've suffered. Uh, it's a 500 team without a strong Todd Gurley. And you could point to the losses of Sullivan and Saffold. Um, I don't think that that makes a ton of sense now, especially given that the Rams seem to have a pretty good offensive line in 2020. They've certainly tried to replace Cam Akers with a running back who will matter by using a third-round pick on Daryl Henderson in 2019 and a second-round pick on Cam Akers in 2020. And now we can see, too, that Cam Akers, Daryl Henderson, Malcolm Brown, all three of these players have gotten snaps in the Rams' backfield, and they all look different, and they all have different qualities and attributes. And I don't know how anybody could reasonably call themselves a watcher of football games and also presume that because C.J. Anderson, a thousand yard running back with the Denver Broncos a year before in 2017, was able to successfully put up some games for the Rams, a good offense. It's not as though C.J. Anderson, just because he was a former undrafted free agent, it's not as though C.J. Anderson was an unproven, untalented, undesirable nobody. Just because he was available in the middle of the season doesn't mean that he wasn't valuable or the teams didn't recognize his value. Just like there are quarterbacks and wide receivers and a ton of players at different positions who are available in the middle of the season thought to be written off who come in and, and contribute. It doesn't just happen to running backs, but when you cherry pick your argument, when you don't take the time to try even to build a contra a contrarian argument, which I think is even further proof that there is no difference in being smart if you believe that running backs matter or don't matter, because I think a smart person, the scientific method type of person would try to prove themselves wrong. They would sit down, they would sit down and they would set aside some time to say, this is why running backs do matter. And then they would find, Hey, look, I, I gave it my best shot. I said, I tried to make running backs matter. It didn't work out, but I tried. I'm a quote unquote smart person and I used numbers, and I just don't see how that could possibly be true. 
Instead, what they do is they cherry pick the tiny little pieces of information that they think will prove to the reader or the follower or that person who doesn't have a T-shirt or a checkmark that, uh, you know, this is the this is the truth. This is the case. This is the narrative, and you better believe this narrative. You know, Christian McCaffrey doesn't believe the narrative. Obviously, Christian McCaffrey is biased as a running back, uh, but here's what Christian McCaffrey said about running backs don't matter this offseason. That's an asinine statement. When you look around the league and you look at what running back what the running back position has meant to certain teams, I don't know when that narrative started happening. It used to be the running back and quarterback position were the highest tiered guys on the field. I look at guys that I looked up to, guys like Emmett Smith, guys like LaDainian Tomlinson. Emmett Smith, he played 12 plus years. These guys played long careers and were at the forefront of the being the team's most important player. So you look at what guys like Derrick Henry did in the playoff run. I don't know when that narrative started happening. You see it so much now, and you look at some of the most explosive players in the league, and they are running backs. So to me, I just think it's not a very educated statement. And that's another thing, too, where does Christian McCaffrey get any sort of credit with the people who are arguing that the difference between Christian McCaffrey and Mike Davis is so negligible that they, the Panthers should not have ever made McCaffrey the highest paid running back in the NFL by average annual salary at $16 million per year, which is, by the way, I don't even know if that cracks the top 10 of wide receivers anymore, and it surely won't soon. But does Christian McCaffrey, a professional football player, and you know someone who has been playing the sport, listen, I know that it's not like, hey, if someone's a coach, I've been doing this for a while. I know that if someone's the coach or or the a player, it doesn't mean that you, as an observer, as a as a writer, as a social media user, as a fan, as anybody else, it doesn't mean that your opinions are invalid either. It doesn't mean that uh, you have to defer every opinion to a coach when you know that there are idiots coaching and that there are terrible players and that there are different ways to approach how to win NFL games, including running the football and using resources on running backs. But that being said, does Christian McCaffrey get any any credit with people? Any these people who don't know how to play football? And I'm not saying like you can't play football. It's not I play, you don't play. Obviously, I don't play, right? I'm not a player. And I don't defer everything to Christian McCaffrey. I'm sure I disagree with Christian McCaffrey on a number of things. But doesn't he make some pretty good points here? And I and you know, it's funny how when Derrick Henry has continued his success this year, the running backs don't matter people have not said anything. Here's what they've said. Running backs are as replaceable as ever. Here's what that's what somebody has said, running backs are as replaceable as ever. Do you know why this is an argument? Do you know why that do you don't want to know the evidence that a quote unquote that, that this is smart. I know I've never said quote unquote so many times in my life. But this is not a joke. This is legitimately the argument for why running backs are as replaceable as ever. There are four examples. Mike Davis, 
replacing Christian McCaffrey for six games with the Carolina Panthers. By the way, Mike Davis in six starts with the Carolina Panthers had 83 carries for 349 yards and 30 catches for 170 yards and four total touchdowns in six games. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Look, that puts him on a pretty decent pace. Somewhere around, I want to say, twelve or 1,300 total yards. Um, certainly, that is not a player who a lot of people expected or would expect to see as like a, a 1,200 yards from scrimmage type of player. But two things. Number one, Christian McCaffrey had 2,400 yards from scrimmage and 19 touchdowns last season, led the NFL. So his replacement was on pace for about half of that. And we're talking about running backs are as replaceable as ever because of it. 4.2 yards per carries. He fumbled in his six games. He had 349 yards. This is a mediocre performance. And... Mike Davis, by the way, one of the most respected and valuable backup running backs in the NFL. If you don't know who Mike Davis is, you're not showing me that running that Mike Davis doesn't matter. You're showing me that you don't matter, that you don't know very basic things about people in the NFL. Mike Davis is making $3 million. He's had a respectable stops with Seattle, San Francisco, and Chicago. No, I wouldn't put him out there as a starter. Is he Ryan Fitzpatrick of running backs? Maybe. And by the way, he's 27 years old. He's not 33. He's out there. He's 27. He was a fourth-round pick. It is not surprising to a person who watches football that Mike Davis had fine numbers in place of Christian McCaffrey, but he was so clearly not Christian McCaffrey that I don't really understand how a person can say, I know football and I think Mike Davis is a replaceable option for Christian McCaffrey. Number two, Alexander Madison steps in for Dalvin Cook for one game against the worst defense in the NFL, the Seahawks, and he had 20 carries for 112, yard, for 112 yards and three catches for 24 yards. Alexander Madison was a third-round pick. He was not a seventh-rounder. He was not undrafted. He's not a nobody. He was a third-round pick a year ago. And in 2020 or in 2019, being a third-round pick as a running back is like being a first-round pick 15 years ago. He's the seventh running back off the board. He was a highly productive pack at Boise State. And he stepped in for the middle of a game against a terrible defense, and he had 112 yards. The next week, he had his first start in place of Cook this year, and he had 10 carries for 26 yards. Nobody wrote about that game. Nobody had a follow-up that said, um, by the way, I'm sorry about how bad of an article I wrote. Nothing like that. Nothing like that. And by the way, the player he was replacing might be the MVP. 
Dalvin Cook this offseason wanted more money. He spent three years with the Minnesota Vikings, gave them some of their best games, some of their best performances in the last three years have come from Dalvin Cook. People put him on their fantasy teams. They paid money for his jersey. They watched the games because he's playing. And yet when he asks for more money, people treat him and other running backs like they are worthless, like they are nobody. They tell them that their talent is something that they were born with, not something that they have worked for, not something that they have strived for, not something that they have sacrificed for. I'm sorry, but Dalvin Cook and Christian McCaffrey and Ezekiel Elliott and James Robinson and Alexander Madison and Mike Davis and all of these people, Todd Gurley, I won't personally discredit the work that they've done. I'm not going to do that. Now, if you want to do that, that's fine, but at least do them that favor of exposing your belief. Don't just say that they don't matter. Say what you really mean. Say that they can't do any, that they haven't done anything of note, that all of their work to this point has been pointless because all they really had to do was get into the league any way they could. Because, hey, all you have to do is be a, a second round pick. Oh, yeah, like that's so hard. That's so easy to do. Alexander Madison, how do you know that Alexander Madison is not a good running back? How do you know that? How can anybody take any of these examples and presume after one game or five games or nine weeks of this season that you know who they are going to be as players forever? It takes ego. It takes so much ego to be able to do that. So I got to give you credit there. You have a lot of that. And, uh, and certainly I'm sure that the, the, I'm sorry that, you know, but the, the dopamine's not there when you don't say, you know, these types of things, when you don't follow up and call out your own incorrect opinions, but that's, that's, that's the reality. And that's the thing is as soon as, as soon as the people out there, in the world start rewarding a running backs do matter argument analytics will change i guarantee you that right now that analytics will change their stance on running backs and start proving why they matter it'll probably happen within the next three seasons i bet i bet it'll flip because it's just it's such a poor argument that it doesn't it's not going to hold up for very long dalvin cook asks for more money He goes out there. So teams put these players in this position and they say, hey, I need you to go out there and I need you to touch the ball more than every other player on the field combined. That's what a running back does is number one running back. I need you to touch the ball more than every other player on the field combined, except for the center and the quarterback. I need you to get tackled more than every other player on the field. I need you to get hit the most. I need you to put your knees at risk. I need you to put your ankles at risk. I need you to put your head at risk. I need you to put everything at risk out there. And then when you break, that's when I will replace you. And that to me is like that. That's that whole thing. Well, great. You know, because because these guys get hurt, it's their fault. And you have to act like it's a mystery why running backs have the shortest careers in the NFL. Why are they being punished for that instead of like maybe they, you know, these guys need hazard pay. You know, to send them out there, where's the hazard pay for running backs? But anyway, Dalvin Cook, who goes out there as a second-round pick, and trust me, yes, teams, I get it. It's you be, It's this, like I said, it's this obsession. How do you build a championship roster so people 
They get obsessed. They've been playing Madden Dynasty mode for the last 20 years, and they're obsessed. How do I build the best roster? And you start to figure it out. Uh, well, and, I, and don't get me wrong, because, hey, listen, I would rather have Patrick Mahomes than 10 Dalvin Cooks. And that's the truth. That's the reality of the league. And at the same, because that's what the Chiefs do. That's how the Chiefs do. Even the Chiefs, though, have spent a first-round pick on Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, gone out and got Le'Veon Bell, gone out and got uh, LaShawn McCoy. Why? Why would, the, why would Andy Reid need to do that? Isn't Andy Reid smart? But if he wants to spend a first-round pick on Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, where are all the analytics people calling him stupid? Oh, because he won the Super Bowl and you know that you won't get a hit? If you don't, you don't want to not get your hit? I understand. Yeah, you'd want to get that hit. So you can't call out Andy Reid right now, but at least you can call out Dalvin Cook, the best running back in the NFL this season. So because Dalvin Cook wanted to make more than $3 million in his NFL career before potentially you know tearing his ACL or doing whatever he did, I'm sorry that teams won't always be able to Dallas Cowboys a guy like DeMarco Murray and bring him in and say, I need you to touch the ball 500 times this season because you're a free agent next year, and I don't give a shit what happens to you, but that's the way that it is. That that was the way that it was getting away with it. So guys like Dalvin Cook, God bless them. They sat back and they said, screw that. I don't want to be Le'Veon Bell sitting out for a year, and I don't want to be... Uh, the guy who tears his ACL before he gets paid and you just kick me out of the door after you put a 100-foot billboard of my face on your stadium or after you told me and I went out and I spent 200 hours last year promoting your team and promoting your, your foundations and promoting everything about the Minnesota Vikings or the LA Rams or the Philadelphia Eagles or whoever it is. So they ask everything from that. So then Dalvin Cook says, give me some more money. He gets ridiculed. He says, give me, you know, some security. They say Vikings would be stupid to pay their, pay, their best player. That's how smart these people are. You have to be so smart that you tell a team that they're an idiot for paying their best player. Well, of course, you don't think that their talent matters and that it was all just gifted to them and that they did nothing to separate themselves. You know, you had so many numbers, but you couldn't look at any of those numbers to find out about broken tackles or missed tackles or opportunities created or blocking or, you know, vision, all these things that, that go into why a team and why 60 years plus of NFL football had elevated running backs, as Christian McCaffrey said, to one of the top two most important positions in football. And maybe it's not that. Maybe it's not the second most important after quarterback. However, somehow a running back and a quarterback are still the only two positions eligible for MVP. That may not be technically true in the rule books, but it is true. Only those two positions could win it. And yet Dalvin Cook gets treated like crap for asking for more money. The Minnesota Vikings give in. They give Dalvin Cook five years, $63 million in new money, ridiculed for doing it. Called, you know, just another shitty move by this organization. No, the shitty move was paying Kirk Cousins a guaranteed salary and pretending that Kirk Cousins was going to lead that team. How in the world Kirk Cousins can get $30 million a year or $35 million a year guaranteed 
and be called like nice, nice move. And yet Dalvin Cook can ask to get paid. He's making four point six million this year, five point two million next year, twelve million the year after that. So Dalvin Cook's gonna get, you know, like twenty three million dollars over the next three seasons. Kirk Cousins will make $31 million this season, and somehow Dalvin Cook is the person who's sinking the Vikings. No, Dalvin Cook is the best running back in the NFL this season, probably, next to Derrick Henry, who, by the way, also got paid. There's no talk, no tweets. You know, if, if, you've, if you've connected your identity and your ego so much to this belief... The running backs don't matter. You've now also convinced yourself that if you say something else, you've invalidated your argument and that you've invalidated yourself as a person, uh, uh, an authority, as an authority of football or whatever. And if you really believe that you are an authority of football or whatever, then please do your followers a favor and be willing to question yourself. Be willing to see the other side of an argument and be willing to do something besides cherry pick. Because... I haven't seen these tweets. Why haven't I seen these tweets? Somebody tell me why I haven't seen these tweets. Here are your highest paid running backs in the NFL. Per year, average annual salary, Christian McCaffrey. Is he not killing it? I mean, what has he got? Six touchdowns in three games. He just returned last week, and then he got hurt again. So you want to make the hurt argument? We can do that again. We can talk about how running backs are put in the worst position of anybody else to get hurt every week and then blame them for it. And you can say, look, hey, I'm just being logical. And I agree with that. I agree with that. The Minnesota Vikings were in a tough position because you just don't know that Dalvin Cook's not going to get hurt because you're paying him to get hurt in a way. You're paying him to avoid getting hurt. You're saying, please, just somehow touch the ball 300 times and don't get hurt. Christian McCaffrey, highest paid. How's he doing? Ezekiel Elliott, not doing that great. But, yes, neither is anybody in Dallas why aren't those positions coming under fire why are we talking about all the injuries that those players have had why aren't we talking about the wasted money on those positions you're telling me that it's so much worse for the Dallas Cowboys that Ezekiel Elliott isn't productive than it is that you know Amari Cooper has two touchdowns. <laughs> I mean, Amari Cooper's not going to help them make the playoffs this season. Amari Cooper's averaging less yards per target than C.D. Lamb and Michael Gallup. Why don't you just take C.D. Lamb and, and not extend Amari Cooper for $20 million per year? So, you know, it, it's just, well, let's just focus on this one position. That's all I need to do. I just need to focus on one position. I don't need to talk about any other position because if I did that, well, then I might, you know, invalidate my argument and then I lose my identity and then I don't know what to go for myself. Here's the third, and believe it or not, I've only talked about two examples. Here's the third example. James Robinson, sixth in the NFL in rushing yards right now. The Jaguars cut Leonard Fournette and they picked up and they said, yeah, we don't want Leonard Fournette anymore. We drafted him fourth overall. He didn't work out. And so we're going with another direction, and you know so we're going to go with James Robinson. We sign him after the draft. That's tough, you know. As far as my side goes, of arguing that running backs matter, 
it's tough when you when you say uh, that an undrafted free agent rookie can step in and be productive. How could I possibly ever argue against that? Well, let me tell you. First of all, how the hell does anyone know that James Robinson isn't one of the best running backs in the NFL? He's a rookie. How do we know this? How Just because he stepped... They cut Leonard Fournette, didn't they? There was something they did not like about Leonard Fournette. Why would you get rid of Leonard Fournette if he wasn't going to save you any money by getting rid of him? He's just getting in the way of James Robinson, who during you know Jacksonville's offseason, they decided was better. And wouldn't you know it, James Robinson appears to be a better running back than Leonard Fournette. So now we're going to punish all running backs because the NFL doesn't know how to draft? That's what it is? You're telling me that just because the NFL screws up its evaluations of players and prospects and draft picks, that the person who needs to be punished for it is the draft picks? How does that make sense? How are we punishing the players for the billionaires' mistakes? Why do that? Leonard Fournette, just being a draft bust, does not invalidate all running backs. And in fact, I would argue, and I don't have the, 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 all of the data in front of me right now, but just as a person who has poured over the data and looked at all the, uh, the draft picks and, and, and done a significant amount of work and time in this area, I'll tell you what. Probably the highest hit rate because running backs so rarely go in the first round now and in the top 15, probably one of the highest hit rates of any position. Probably one of the best guarantees that you can get is a running back at the top of the draft. So the fact that Leonard Fournette did not work out in Jacksonville, it just goes to say that Leonard Fournette did not work out. And what is Leonard Fournette doing this season with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers? Uh, he's got 51 carries for 225 yards, two touchdowns. And, you know, he's backing up Ronald Jones, who, by the way, was a fringe first-round pick of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers uh, two years ago or three years ago. And he's now one of the top running backs in the NFL. And I don't hear anybody out there in the running backs don't matter argument talking about the fact that Nick Chubb and Ronald Jones were fringe first-round picks. Chubb went 35th in the draft. So you're telling me that because Chubb went 35th in the draft, that that means that Nick Chubb is an example of why you should never draft running backs in the first round? How? How do you do that? How do you come away with that conclusion and then on top of all of that, call yourself an analyst? How? Ronald Jones was the 38th pick in the draft. He comes, and that's the thing, too, because when Ronald Jones struggles, and I know all of this because I'm that guy. I'm the guy sitting behind the person with your haunches. That's me. That was me for years. So I know what it's like to sit back and call, call out Ronald Jones for his rookie season. 23 carries for 44 yards. And you could sit there and go like, man, why did the Bucs do that? They could have drafted a guy in the fifth round. Why would you waste a pick on Ronald Jones? And then last season, Ronald Jones, not so bad. A thousand yards from scrimmage, six touchdowns. Okay, this year they get Tom Brady. A little bit more of a support around the offense. And wouldn't you know it, Ronald Jones, 
You know, he's not coming off of a very good game. But he had three straight 100-yard games earlier in the season. And him and Leonard Fournette as a combo, you know, you get out there. You can't say that if Leonard Fournette has success in Tampa, it doesn't have something to do with who he was at LSU and as a prospect. And you cannot write off James Robinson just because he was an undrafted free agent. Does that mean that Tony Romo is an example of why quarterbacks don't matter? No, but he's an undrafted, you know, rookie or whatever. Okay, Doug Baldwin, 2011 with the Seahawks. Undrafted rookie, led the team in receiving yards. It happens. It doesn't invalidate everybody else at the position. It doesn't take away the work that they did. Who's the number one leading rusher among rookies? It's not James Robinson. It's Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. The first running back drafted. That's who leads all rookies in rushing yards. Why are you pointing out James Robinson and not mentioning Clyde Edwards-Hilaire? Oh, that's right. The cherry picking. That's what it was. I forgot that it was the cherry picking. It's how you're building a narrative. It's your bias. Why didn't I realize it was your bias? That's right. Oh, so an undrafted free agent can't have success in this league. And if the one does, then we'll know it's because that position doesn't matter. That's why Robbie Anderson is fourth in receiving yards, third among all wide receivers, an undrafted free agent. Robbie Anderson, who was a free agent after four years with the Jets, any team could have had him. Carolina found him. They took him. He's killing it. But Robbie Anderson was undrafted. How could he be good? Well, if James Robinson is undrafted, maybe he's just good. Stop punishing the players for the fact that the teams don't know how to draft. Finally, can you imagine saying that Kareem Hunt is an example of how running backs don't matter? Can you imagine that? So the Cleveland Browns, yeah, they built a rushing team. They built a rushing offense. And in the beginning of the season, when the Cleveland Browns came out, they're 4-1. and one. They put up 307 rushing yards against the Dallas Cowboys. They went 4-1. and one. They lost Nick Chubb four games ago. They lost Nick Chubb four games ago, and Nick Chubb was better than Dalvin Cook to start the year. Let's just say that. 335 rushing yards, four rushing touchdowns, 5.9 yards per carry, and he didn't even come close to finishing his last game. He played in 18% of the snaps, and he hasn't even, he, he's like a 50% snap player. And yet Nick Chubb was sharing that with Kareem Hunt. And this fringe first rounder, who is supposed to be some sort of example of why you should never draft running backs in the first round, who could have been, you know, the best running back in the NFL this season, and by the way, he'll be returning this week, I think. He was replaced by Kareem Hunt, and people would actually tell you believe that because Kareem Hunt had success with Cleveland, that means that running backs don't matter. Kareem Hunt led the league in rushing in 2017. How little do you have to know about football to not know that? It's amazing that anybody could have the word football in their bio or NFL or expert or analyst. Like, what does analyst really mean? Just that you analyze something? What are you analyzing? 
what do you what do you seem to know and, and why could you put this on a how could this make it onto an analytics site how could an analytics site pr- promote this how could they say that this is some sort of breakthrough and just say that this is now running backs are as replaceable as ever because Kareem Hunt had some success with the Cleveland Browns in place of Nick Chubb. By the way, without Nick Chubb, they are rushing for a lot fewer yards. A lot. They had 138 rushing yards in week one, 215 in week two, 158 in week three, and 307 in week four. Their four highest total, right there, four. In four games without Nick Chubb, they've rushed for 124 yards, 75 yards, 82 yards, and 101 yards. In four games without Nick Chubb, they have their four lowest rushing games of the season. They scored seven points three weeks ago, and they scored six points in the last game in the loss to the Raiders. And somebody out there is telling you that running backs don't matter because Kareem Hunt started four games and had 65 carries for 254 yards and 3.19 yards per carry and no touchdowns. And they're telling you that that is an example of why running backs don't matter. Conversely, Nick Chubb had 57 carries for 335 yards, four touchdowns and 5.9 yards per carry. And somehow someone on an analytics website is telling you that means that running backs don't matter. I don't know what happened to this world. It has gotten away from certain people and has escaped their hands. It is, they've lost grip on reality. They are too hyper-focused on what gets them dopamine. They are too hyper-focused on what makes them appear smart. They are too hyper-focused on being right. And they have lost all sight on the what is actually being right, on what is actually being fair, on what actually is a, a way to analyze football. You don't want to analyze football. You just want to make an argument and and stick to it. And there's no amount of proof that I could lay out here in a podcast or in an article or whatever because that's just that's just that's just been proven to not help people. Um, change their minds. I changed my mind because I chose to take a look at the other side. I spent years saying that running backs didn't matter because to me, the small amount of evidence that I would look at, the narrative-driven, biased pieces of info by people who I was following, looking out for data points that helped me, ignoring ones that did not, all of that, that is what is being done by people who will tell you that because Mike Davis produced half as much as Christian McCaffrey, that because Alexander Madison had 10 carries for 26 yards in place of the potential first-team All-Pro at running back, that because James Robinson might be a draft steal, who is having a fine season, not a great, a fine season with the Jaguars, while ignoring Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, while ignoring, you know, what running backs are having success that were drafted, and because 
Kareem Hunt did a mediocre job of replacing Nick Chubb, and Nick Kareem Hunt once led the league in rushing yards. That this is proof the running backs do not matter. And yet, this is the reality. First in rushing yards, Dalvin Cook. He hasn't even played in eight games. He only has made it into seven games because of that injury. And he leads the NFL with 858 rushing yards, 12 touchdowns, six yards per carry. And I don't see anybody tweeting about how Dalvin Cook is paying off. I don't see anybody that was out there talking shit about Dalvin Cook, talking about how wrong they were about Dalvin Cook. But here's your opportunity. Here's your opportunity to do it. Or are you going to say that you're wrong about Derrick Henry? Second in the NFL in rushing yards. He went out there last year, and he got paid, and people loved it. People loved watching the Titans with Derrick Henry. People are eating up opportunities to see Derrick Henry rush for 200 yards, and he's delivering. Why? I'm going to say it's not because of something he didn't do anything to impact. I'm going to say that Derrick Henry, I'm going to say he put in a lot of work. So if Derrick Henry, if you're listening to this, I think you worked hard, and I think it paid off. So I hope that... And, and you know what? Derrick Henry was a mid-second round pick, which today makes him one of the greatest prospects at the position possible. But the reality is that in 1995, Derrick Henry is the first pick of the board. If Derrick Henry was playing in the mid-90s, he's the first pick on the board. And you can't tell me that just because he goes in the mid-second round that he's a mediocre running back prospect. He's one of the best running back prospects of all time. He played in the wrong era to get paid, but then he also played in the right era because mid-90s Derrick Henry isn't getting $15 million a year. Uh, he's lucky to get it in his whole career. But he's the number one pick in the draft, and people want to talk to you like, hey, you could just get off Derrick Henry. He's just whatever. He doesn't do anything. No, Derrick Henry does things. Josh Jacobs, third in rushing, first-round pick. Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. Fourth in rushing, first round pick. Todd Gurley, first round pick, fifth in rushing. James Robinson, not drafted. Ezekiel Elliott, first round pick, seventh in rushing. Kyler Murray, not a running back, but still first round pick, eighth in rushing. Ronald Jones, ninth in rushing, borderline first round pick. Kareem Hunt, tenth in rushing. And he would have more, obviously, if uh, Nick Chubb wasn't also there. And that's what they've done is they've got a dual threat. Uh, I should say a duo threat. Kareem Hunt, third-round pick, formerly led the league in rushing yards. James Conner, third-round pick. Kenyon Drake, fourth-round pick. David Montgomery, third-round pick. Alvin Kamara, third-round pick. Daryl Henderson, third-round pick. How often do we have – how many times do I have to say second, third-round pick, first-round pick, borderline first round pick how many times do i have to say that with running backs how about we do that how about we do that with receivers how does that sound stefan diggs fifth round pick dk metcalf second round pick robbie anderson undrafted deandre hopkins first round pick alan robinson second round pick late 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 second round pick terry mclaurin third round pick Devonte adams second round pick calvin ridley first round pick by the way ridley hopkins both late first round pick amari cooper is the first player on this list who was drafted high amari cooper fourth overall pick and as i said two catching two reception touchdowns uh everybody you know he's only he's 80th 
in yards per target. He's 80th in yards per target. Keenan Allen, third round pick. Tyreek Hill, fifth round pick. DJ Moore, first round pick. Julio Jones, first round pick. Justin Jefferson, first round pick. Tyler Lockett, third round pick. CeeDee Lamb, first round pick. Will Fuller, first round pick. I mean, here's where all your first round picks exist in the tens. 13th in yards, 14th in yards, 15th in yards, 17th in yards, 18th in yards. And these guys were... Not only were they, you know, mid, most of the mid to late first round picks, most of them are very recent. Justin Jefferson, DJ Moore, CD Lamb. These are examples of why teams would just as easily be able to say that receivers are replaceable as running backs are replaceable. Why, why are you, why give a receiver $17 million per year when so many of the receivers atop the leaderboards are on their rookie deals? Why does this not get the attention? Tyler Boyd is next. Where was Tyler Boyd drafted? Second round pick, late second round pick. Alvin Kamara, a running back, 20th in receiving yards, by the way. Cole Beasley, undrafted free agent. Cooper Cup, third round pick. Uh, Brandon Cooks, first round pick, traded a bunch. Darius Slayton, fifth round pick. These are your receivers, and no, and but if you but if you hyper focus, if you say I've got I've got I've got blinders on, I've got a spotlight on, I can't see anything else. There's nothing else I can see. This is what I see. I see the running backs. I don't care about the receivers. I don't care about actually being right. I'm trying to get dopamine. That is that is what happens. That is where we stand today with people who call themselves analysts that actually are the ones putting information out there into the world. And yet I don't mind that Christian McCaffrey gets 16 million a year. I don't mind that Elliot gets 15 million a year. I don't mind that Alvin Kamara gets 15 million a year. And I don't see one person out there who is a part of this running backs don't matter group saying, dang, I was wrong about Alvin Kamara. Dang, I'm a stupid idiot. I should have said that they were smart to give Alvin Kamara $75 million, but that's not what I said. And then they'll, then they'll start to twist it and they'll tell you, well, look, you can get him in the third round. What? W wait, what? That's how that's how flimsy you are as a person? That's how much you're able to just say, like, oh, running backs don't matter. Alvin Kamara is really great. Oh, well, yeah, well, he's a dual threat and uh, third round pick. Wait a minute, third round pick? Well, if running backs don't matter, why are you wasting a third round pick? No, 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 no. Running backs don't matter. No, you can't say they matter up to a third-round pick. Okay, so now, now we get exceptions like Nick Chubb. No, now we get exceptions. It's always day two. Now you can do day two. You can do a bunch of day two picks. Well, that's, you know, that's what the Rams are doing. But it doesn't work out every time, does it? As we're seeing, it's not always that easy. You can't just put in everybody at any point or Leonard Fournette or, you know, we'll see with, you know, some of the guys drafted in the last couple of years, but – it doesn't seem like they are replaceable to me. I do see a lot of guys who are busts just like another position. And, and I see other guys who are steals just like any other position. I don't think that anybody has proven, you know, that you should go out and get a quarterback in the sixth round because of Tom Brady. I don't see anybody, you know, saying that, Hey, look, look at all the quarterbacks that are having success who are not high first-round picks, right? 
Aaron Rodgers was a late first round pick. Russell Wilson was a third round pick. Drew Brees was a you know early second round pick, but at the time there were fewer teams in the league, so uh, basically a late first round pick. Derek Carr was a second round pick. You know, <laughs> all these guys who just come around and eh, it's just so easy. It's just so easy when you only are looking at one position. It's so easy to take um, a place among yourself and, and say like, yeah, well, this is the way it is. I don't mind that Derrick Henry is making 12 million a year. I don't mind that Dalvin Cook makes 12.6 a year. I don't mind that Joe Mixon gets 12 million a year. All of them earned it. All of them. And and pay more. Pay more of these running backs. Get them out there. Pay them up. I don't care anymore about, uh, you know, look, is Todd Gurley very good? Probably not. You know, he scores a lot of rushing touchdowns. He looks about the same as he did last season. And that's just a further example of the fact that a healthy Todd Gurley and an unhealthy Todd Gurley have different values in the same way that a Daryl Henderson has a different value than a Cam Akers, and a Cam Akers has a different value than a Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, and a Clyde Edwards-Hilaire has a different value than a James Robinson. And if you can't see this, delete your bio. Get off of, you know, get get away from this idea of, of thinking that you're an objective, reasonable, um, value. are you a valuable person to have talking about football? If you don't understand that, if you can't see that, are you replaceable? Maybe you are. You know, that's what I think. Uh, so that's it for this episode of Pod TST. Uh, if you tell anyone about this, um, I'll come find you. <laughs>